waiting for Victoria to come on. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Weekly Hello. on. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. 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 Good, 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 good. Thank you, thank you. Enjoy right. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. And <laughs> we have to enjoy it because it's, you know. Isn't it amazing? I can't remember the last time that, that the English weather was as good as it's been today. Not not a fun day to be in the office, that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking because the summer is um, short, let's say it's short. Um, yeah, yeah. We have to have to enjoy it the next few days. Exactly, exactly. And how have you been? Um, ad adjusting, still, still adjusting to... I, I hate the phrase um, "new normal." Yeah, yeah, but those words, but true. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. But thank you so much for joining us. No pleasure. So, thanks for having me. No worries. Let's get started. Um, thanks for tuning in to our weekly uh, Fashion Bites chat. I'm Hillary, founder of the Fashion Bites platform. We're here to support and nurture creative entrepreneurs filling in the gap between education and what happens in real life. This is our way to connect, collaborate, and share. So we're super pleased and excited to have Victoria Prue with us today. Victoria, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, so thanks for joining. Um, I'm Victoria, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company based here in London called Her Collective, and we are basically trying to build the UK's leading wardrobe rental platform. Nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we'll dive right in. Um, what was the motivation behind creating Her Collective? Sure. So um, it came really from a love and a passion and an interest in, in the sharing economy and the fact that there's a whole generation of people that want to access things without having to own things. And I found that super fascinating as a millennial myself with either lots of stuff I'd bought or just lots of stuff generally in my life that I wish I'd never had and, and never purchased. Um, and then second to that, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, fashion has to be more sustainable. Um, and I really hope we are trying to solve a problem for the fashion industry. Um, it's one of the world's most polluting industries, as we know. Um, yet mm -hmm. no one could come up with a better way of doing fashion. So I really hope that her can be that solution for people that are looking for a, for a cleverer way to, to, to access fashion without the cost to, to their wallets and also to the planet. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Were you in fashion before you started your business? No, I absolutely, I absolutely wasn't. Um, so this is the second company I founded. Obviously, her was is what well, is much larger scale than the first company I founded. But um, no, my background um, and passion was always on the tech side. I studied business. Um, I then went into real estate, um, and then I went back to tech and entrepreneurship, which is what I always knew I wanted to do. And um, I, I, I definitely don't claim to be a, a fashion expert by any means. <laughs> Now, before you started, did you realize how many hats you needed to wear as an as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I, I, I started her. Um, it wasn't a kind of idea on a whim. It was a very considered journey. Um, I really knew a lot about how difficult it was going to be and how much there was to do and, and that you can't be an entrepreneur, you know, nine to five. I know that there are lots of sacrifices that come with running a company. Um, and I was very willing. And I think I'd I'd spoken to enough people before I'd started her to know that um, it was going to be a marathon, not a sprint, basically. <laughs> okay, excellent, excellent. A lot of people miss the point of it, it takes a while for it to grow a business. 
Definitely. And I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite an impatient person. I expect, you know, I love things just being done instantly. And whenever you have a new idea, you can just, you know, start it and execute it really quickly. Um, but, but, you know, I'd say for the probably the best part of a year was just setting up and testing and building and iterating. Um, and no one prepares you for that. That is for sure. Right, right. Now, I've seen that you've described her as actually a tech company. Yeah. Can you share your thoughts behind that description? Of course, I think it comes from the passion of my co-founder and I, knowing that we wanted to get peer-to-peer -peer rental right and fashion re rental right generally. Um, but we needed a platform that was as functional and as sophisticated as an Airbnb type model to be able to do so and to be able to scale in the way that we wanted to scale. So we own 100% of the IP. We built her from line one of code ourselves. Um, and it's really important. It means that we can iterate the product um, and make sure that we have a market leading platform that we ultimately own. And, and can change and scale as quickly as we possibly can do as well. Oh, wow. Yes, because I was um, thinking that um, Forbes dubbed you as the Airbnb of, of fashion. So exactly. you, you do agree with that? Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to build something that's as sophisticated as Airbnb, but exactly like you said, for, for the fashion industry, um, the sharing economy, um, you know, is so popular, whether it's Airbnb for houses or Uber and Lyft, and, and it kind of has impacted all areas of our day to day lives and how we run our, you know, uh, our day to day. Um, but fashion, no one was doing it well, we thought. So we thought we'd have a go. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Um, why did you choose the business model of peer-to-peer -peer instead of um, approaching um, larger brands or bigger, uh, the brand companies? So um, our view was that there are lots of clothes already in existence. Um, I think I'm very much the her customer um, in lots of ways, someone that's well, used to buy lots of things, wear them a couple of times and then not know what to do with them. So I'm a big believer that that kind of side hustle was untapped on the, on the rental side. And it's really great that, you know, a lender on our platform can create sticky income. They can have income time and time again from the same dress. Um, having said that, and I'm sure we'll come on to talk about it, um, we are working with lots more brands directly, um, particularly in mm -hmm. lockdown. Obviously, the fashion industry is pivoted and, and changing day by day. So um, it's really important for us that we can provide a solution, um, you know, whether it's peer to peer and, you know, Victoria lending her dress to Hattie, say, um, but also for brands, however big or small they are, um, who might have excess stock um, or who might just want to test rental as another revenue stream, because we can now prove that it is a viable revenue stream to fashion industries who are trying to look to be a bit more circular and sustainable in their approach too. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Um, one thought I had, um, as I do, um, <laughs> would you consider um, adding selling as a part of the business model? Because if, for instance, I found something and I just fell in love with it and I couldn't live without it, um, I would possibly approach the person to let me have it. Yeah, it's a great. It's, it's a great question. It's something we have we have thought about, and actually, we tested our first kind of short, sharp sample sale type feature um, in lockdown that went extremely well. Um, obviously, in lockdown, where rentals weren't as as, as popular as, as they normally are because a lot of people didn't have events to go to, um, we asked our lenders what what they wanted to see of us as the her platform, um, and the kind of overarching thought was actually how can we be able to allow people to actually sell through stuff through the site um, and it worked incredibly well so it is something we are thinking about um, behind the scenes because um, we'd rather keep the people on our platform and, and basically just keep listening to our lenders about what they want to see from us because they drive most of our decisions that we make at a kind of high level business decision um, and, and level as well. 
Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, there is a thought that um, renting will replace fast fashion. What are, what are your thoughts about that potential movement? I mean, that's my hope um, and that's my goal. I'd, I'd love to be as big as a fast fashion company or any, any fashion company that's reached the scale that fast fashion has. Um, mm -hmm. I think fast fashion exists because of two things. Um, the speed of which you can get items and there are new items um, and also the price. Um, my ultimate goal for her is for it to be as affordable as it is to go and buy a dress for a hike from the high street or from a fast fashion retailer. Um, we've got a lot to do um, and we've got a lot to grow and to prove, of course, but um, I definitely think we're on the right path to be able to say to someone, look, don't, don't buy that one-off dress or don't buy that item that's too trend-led that you're not going to love for years to come. Rent it, right. don't spend the money on it um, and just be a bit more sustainable about your fashion consumption for sure. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I also uh, saw that you had a pop-up in Selfridges. We do, yes. Yes. How did that come about and how does that work on the, the rental side? So we ran our first ever kind of small test pop-up um, around Christmas time last year, uh, not far from Victoria or Belgravia area of London. Um, and it worked really, really well for us. Um, we hit Christmas party season um, and we had literally hundreds of girls and women who were coming in to rent their Christmas party dresses and then dropping them back the next day. So we knew that pop-ups were something that we wanted to do more permanently. Um, and then the opportunity mm -hmm. came up to partner with Selfridges. Um, they'd already kind of tested the resale space. They have um, Vestiaire Collective, who are the big resale yes. player, um, and Depop as well, that had done a pop-up in store. Um, so it's massive for us. We launched it just close to a month before lockdown, um, and obviously we've now launched it back up. Um, and, and it's great for us to have a kind of bricks and mortar presence um, and to be able to kind of show people in real life how easy renting is, um, is such mm -hmm. a game changer. Um, the the, the pop-up looks beautiful. It takes up a whole wall on the third floor of, of Selfridges and um, all day, every day, um, even when I'm on the shop floor, people say, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could rent that. What a cool idea. So we're definitely tapping into people that have never thought of renting or never considered it before, um, which is exactly what we want as a as a as an early stage business that's trying to fundamentally change mindsets and behaviors we want to be able to tap people that have never never even considered renting something before right god that it sounds exciting it really, <laughs> you'll have to come in and really, check it out <laughs> it really, really does um please tell us uh, about the vetting process for someone to be on your platform course and um, so ultimately anyone and everyone can use the her platform and um, but a bit like airbnb we want to make sure that if you are lending out your incredible wardrobe and um, that you feel safe doing so and um, we're a marketplace so we rely very heavily on trust of our of our community and so the vetting processes we have in place are very simple we just have a 60 second um, id verification check which matches you with your id just so that we have enough data points about that person should something go wrong um, Having said that, people are really respectful and understand that, that trust is at the heart of the her community and we sit above it a bit like Airbnb, making sure that things are managed right and that everyone's kind of adhering to our community guidelines um, and it works incredibly well for us um, just to kind of restore trust and make sure that people do really find it easy and simple and frictionless to rent as well. Right, right. Um, Along those lines, how did you choose your sustainable sustainable partners, especially like the, the dry cleaners? How That's did great, you go about that? It, it's a great question. And 
when you're positioning yourself as a, as a truly sustainable business, you obviously have to think about all areas of your supply chain. Um, and obviously on the peer-to-peer -peer side, we don't really uh, manage the dry cleaning and packaging. It's between users. Um, but what we've tried to do is step in and give people options. Um, so we have a tie-up with a, a sustainable packaging company called Repack. Um, Gani also uses them and a number of sustainable companies do. They're absolutely amazing. Um, basically packages that you can send through the post up to 35 to 40 times. So obviously we don't really want rentals being sent out in single-use plastic. That goes against what we're trying to do. Do. Um, right. So these repacks work really well. Um, any of our users can buy them for five pounds on our site, and it means that for the, their next thirty to forty rentals, they can post them back and forwards. Um, dry cleaning, as you're right, um, is also an industry that I think a lot of people who don't know much about sustainability, and I, I'm still learning every day, of course. Um, but dry cleaning is one of the most damaging industries as well that I think is quite undercover. Um, so we've been looking a lot at how we can make dry cleaning better and give our users better alternatives to dry cleaning um, because there are some great companies out there, um, some companies where you can buy certain kits and do it yourself at home. So it's something we're constantly trying to do, whether it's packaging, postage or dry cleaning. Um, we're trying to find the best people out there to partner with all the time. Okay. Okay, terrific, terrific. What are some of the benefits? I think you've mentioned a couple, but um, what are some of the benefits of using your particular platform? So I think we're fundamentally a tech first platform, as I mentioned, with trust absolutely at our core. We've really tried to make sure that we have a, a super high touch uh, customer service so that if things do go wrong or there are delays, uh, we can step in, send people ideas, you know, alternatives. It's really important to us as a business. Um, in terms of kind of positioning, um, we're the largest rental platform. We have over five and a half thousand pieces listed on our site and it's growing day by day. So we're now at a stage where there's huge amount of choice whether you want a dress, a top, a bag, um, or all items and, in an outfit that, that, you know, five items in, in one rental, say. Um, so that's really important for us. And then we have a few things that really differentiate us too, such as a fit guarantee policy, which means that um, if you rent an item and it didn't fit you, you can return it without being charged, um, which, which basically gives people a lot of kind of comfort that if something isn't quite right, they're not going to have to pay, say, hundred pounds to rent it if it's if it, if it didn't work out so um they're probably the top three differentiators i'd say um and okay. we we mentioned a bit at, uh, at the start um about working with brands directly and that's definitely a focus mm -hmm. for us um i think covid is, has been bad in lots of ways but it's also always you know given new opportunities and, and something that we're trying to work really hard on is is providing a solution whether it's a kind of small brand or or a really large high street brand too Right, right. Is there um, a charge to be a part of your platform and community? How does that work for the, the um, user? Yeah, no, there's no charges at all. Um, we're a purely commission-based model, so we basically make money when our members make money. And we have zero listing fees and zero uh, lending fees or membership fees as well. Um, so it's completely free to use. Anyone across the UK can use the Her platform. Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> nothing to stop you. <laughs> I know there's, there's literally nothing, nothing stopping. Um, I think you've touched on this as well, but just a little bit um, further. If someone, um, just some tips, if someone wants to be more sustainable, but they don't know where to start, what would you um, suggest? 
in fashion, I, I think it's really as simple as buying less and buying better. So investing in more quality pieces and less of the throwaway pieces that have come to light um, in the fast fashion generation and era that we now live in. So I think just being a bit more conscious about what you're purchasing, whether it's fashion or anything generally that you're buying. And um, that for me is kind of the easiest step to start. Um, I think also what's important when we talk about a kind of sustainable wardrobe um, is that you shouldn't throw everything out to start building a sustainable wardrobe. Actually, the most sustainable item, and I've heard you, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, is that the most sustainable item is the one already in your wardrobe. So I think looking at what you already have, how you can utilize the things you already have um, is, is actually the best first step. Um, renting, of course, um, is, a, is a great option for, for the pieces that you don't want sat in your wardrobe longer term. Um, and then I'm a big resale advocate as well. So I love platforms like eBay and Depop um, where you can find whether it's, you know, a, a three pound top or really luxury designer. And they have amazing pieces um, on those resale platforms that, that I think um, are part of the fun of, of, of fashion is finding those treasures. Yes, yes. And I, I must say, no one's um, here to punish uh, anyone that can buy what they can afford, but it's really what you do after and how you use it, you know, in in future. So yeah, exactly. I'm not exactly. I I think you know one of one of the conversations we have a lot um, is is around sustainability. Um, you know, being for a certain segment of society, and actually, I think the key to sustainability is that anyone can be more sustainable. And actually, we need lots of people doing small steps rather than a few taking big steps. So. Um, for, for me, you know, Depop is really a great platform. You can buy things for one, two, three pounds, all the way through to 300 pounds plus. Um, so, mm -hmm. so the barriers to being a bit more sustainable um, uh, are much lower on those kind of Ebays and resale platforms. Um, and that's always my top tip when someone says, oh no, but sustainability is so expensive because it, sh it shouldn't be. It should be something that everyone can be part of the solution for. Right. And that sounds like a part of your goal personally and with her collective um, to try and achieve that in, in future, all of us being a little bit more sustainable. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think fashion exists as an industry because it's fun and it should be fun. And we don't want to guilt trip people into doing certain things. For me, it's about providing you know, our audience and, and the UK population a funner way to do fashion that's not as damaging and also economically works too. And um, I think people don't want to be told what they what to do. They want to be given solutions and given fun alternatives. So that's definitely my, my view. Let's let's provide the alternative. Right, right. Um, thinking about uh, becoming a, a su successful entrepreneur, um, for the younger audience coming up and graduates and so forth, are, do you have any top tips or things to look out for um, when starting a business? I don't think people understand the, all the different areas that you have to cover when you're, when you're starting out. And it would be interesting to, to understand your journey and challenges and things you had to overcome. Yeah, of course. I, I, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with someone that said that they, they thought you had to be slightly mad to start your own company. I do think that that is true um, if you're taking <laughs> on a, a big industry and a big problem. Um, but I think it's important to remember that you know there are people that run great businesses that have a great work-life balance. I have friends that, that, that manage things much better than I, I personally do. Um, I think 
my top tips to, to graduates coming out, probably looking at the job market at the moment, um, is how can you really show you're passionate about a business? Um, we've been interviewing lots of people recently, um, and it's it's quite clear to see sometimes, you know, who on their CV really cares, even if they have a deep business as a side hustle. It tells you a lot about that person. Um, so I think really showing passion and, and actually demonstrating it. Um, I think sometimes on CVs, it says a lot, but actually the actions aren't there. So I think if you are really, really passionate about something, um, actually having, you know, e even if it is a really, really small side passion, um, that's really important. And then I think the second thing is, um, I really like when we get emails about things we could be doing differently. Um, we, we often get amazing people that, that, that are looking to work for her um, who, who are always really complimentary. And of course, that's lovely to hear nice things about your business. Um, but the ones yeah. that really take my, or really grab my attention are the ones where they say, you know, here are three things I would be doing if I worked for you. They're, they're the ones that I always obviously are in a very busy inbox um, that, that kind of mm -hmm. um, take my attention. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it's tough um, to, to enter the fashion, the fashion space or the, you know, even starting a business. Um, and I think, you know, if, if I was doing her again, I think I would just be a bit more realistic about timeframes um, and also just not, not cut corner, corners on the things that are really important. Legals, accounting, insurance, just the real foundations. <laughs> if you're going to build a big business, um, the early mm -hmm. days and, and that kind of stuff does really, really matter as you start to scale. And that's always my, my, one, my, my one piece of advice. Okay, thank you. Excellent. Um, how did you manage self-care? <laughs> You're probably asking the wrong person now. Um, I, <laughs> I, I definitely think for, for the first probably year and a half of building her, um, there was very little self-care going on. I think I, I didn't really have much balance at all. I worked seven days a week. I hardly slept. Um, I still have a, a notepad by my bed for, for crazy 3am thoughts. Um, but I think, um, and, and I mentioned this earlier um, in the live, that someone keeps saying to me, you know, a marathon you know, running a company is a marathon not not a sprint and uh, we're always sprinting and actually um i mean for example i'm going to try and have a few days off next week it's my birthday so i'm really really trying to to get a bit of a work-life balance and we now you know we, we now have a whole team that work for for her and i think i actually have to to, to sh lead by example and and everyone needs time off um, it's it's a good thing to have and actually when you have time <laughs> off um you know my, my my good ideas always come when when i'm not actually focused um on the rare moments i'm not focused on her then so um yeah self-care is something for 2020 i'm gonna get much better at yes there, there, there's still time so <laughs> now I'm halfway <laughs> through there's still time exactly there's, there's still there's still time um <laughs> and um lastly all being well um what's next for her would you is there an international um feel as it's just in the uk what what ideally what's your dream looking like for the future yeah Great, great question on international expansion. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love her to be available. We have people um, that come through on our Instagram all the time saying, can I use her from Denmark? Can I use her from New York? Can I use her from Brazil? So ultimately, that's the goal, of course. Um, I think for the next year, the real focus is, is on the UK and, and expanding all across the UK and, and, and really getting the word out there. Um, there's enough of a market to be going after in the UK. And we want to get 
get those you know fast fashion people really converted and loving her and um, that's really the big focus um, and then i think in terms of the business um we want to keep you know drawing attention to our to our pop-up and getting people over the line that haven't rented yet like you um get them over <laughs> the line for the first time show them how easy rental really is um and then continue to build our amazing supply amazing user base and um to work with brands directly too now I've I've looked. I mean, there's some amazing items, like really amazing, <laughs> amazing items on on the website. But do you have do you have people questioning um, like the the cleaning process or you know wearing someone else's garment? There is a there's a slight hesitation with um, few people I speak to in that respect. How do you combat that? Yeah, I think, you know, when, when you're trying to change behaviours, there are always questions, you know, through to, is it, is it clean to share clothes? Um, what if mm -hmm. it doesn't fit? What if it gets damaged? These are all questions that, that aren't new questions for us three, three and a bit years into our, into our her journey. Um, and it's really important. I mean, our, our COVID procedures didn't really change much from what we were doing before. And um, it's always been a requirement that if you are lending out an item on the her platform it needs to be professionally dry cleaned before it's sent out on rental and um, what we've really done in in the last couple of months is i guess just um be as clear as we possibly can do about about the messaging and how we expect things to be done um, and i think for, from a company uh, point of view and a, and a business point of view being transparent about how things should be done is is is, is as much as you can do um, and actually of all the, the, the issues or questions people do have, um, hygiene doesn't seem to be as much of a problem because I think we've been very clear about how we expect things done, whose responsibility it is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and it's something we're, we're constantly looking into about how we can improve. And as I'm sure you know, the advice changes a lot and very frequently. So I think it's yes. you know, keeping <laughs> on top of that. You know, we, we introduced um, you know, contactless courier service during lockdown. Um, so I think it's just being one step ahead and, and keeping yeah, myself up to date and also the business up to date and, and our community up to date too. Okay. Um, with, with someone um, cleaning before sending the item back, do they have to use um, your dry cleaners? Is it recommended that they use a particular or there's yes. flexibility there? Yeah, so um, for the renter, so the person that's renting the item, it's not their responsibility to do the dry cleaning at all. It's purely for, for, for the person that owns the item. Um, and oh, it's up to the person that owns the item um, who they use for their dry cleaning. So we have a list of kind of eco-friendly dry cleaners or people that, that do use, um, well, that don't use PERC, which is a chemical often found in dry cleaning. Um, so we direct people, but ultimately um, it's, it's up to the lender um, who, who they choose to do their dry cleaning with. Okay. Well, thank you very much. No, that my was total really pleasure. I'm half an hour from very really quickly. Good. <laughs> yes, it did. Thank you so much for spending time with us. No, um, thanks for tuning in. Um, join us again next week. Our guest will be John Abate. He's from North Bank's agency, specializing in retail customer experience, physical and digital. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you. Thank Bye. You.